0: Hey y'all, it's Mel, and you're listening to my Rough Draft podcast, where we talk about embracing our current seasons of faith, work, and wholeness. As a part of the Rough Draft Collective, we are committed to the holistic growth of millennial men and women, and each week we'll discuss how to redefine history with our everyday stories. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome back to My Road Draft Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. This week we are continuing our interview series with Danielle Lee, and today we are talking about going through the faith journey. We're talking about finding and walking in our purpose, and about changing the world through mentorship. So, um, this is definitely not an episode that you want to miss. So let's jump right in. Hi Danielle, thanks for agreeing to be on My Road Draft. Tell everyone, hey, hey guys. Hi. Danielle, thanks for having me. Thanks for being on here. I'm so excited. Okay, <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit about yourself, where you live, what you do, what your passions are? Just give us a little background information on who you are, and then I'll go. Okay, <laughs> So like you said, my name is Danielle. I was born in Newport News, Virginia, but I was raised in Birmingham, Alabama. Yes. Okay. And I went to school at the greatest college of all time. I went to Auburn University. The greatest. Greatest. (laughs) And I graduated in civil engineering. And then I moved back to Birmingham. And I currently work in my field at a company called Dynamic Civil Solutions. It's a a small engineering firm, and I love it. I really enjoy it. Some of my um, hobbies and passions, um, I love anything Creative period, so I love the arts, I mean painting, drawing, poetry, music, video, you name it, I love it. Let's see. I'm currently uh, really involved in a ministry called ransom with college students, so that's a new found love that I have college students, I love students and yeah, I love the Lord yes yeah. to love the Lord. Yes. Come on, somebody. <laughs> well, that's good. Thank you. That, And we are going to talk about pretty much all of that in this interview. But I just wanted everyone to kind of get a background information on who Danielle is. So my work drive is always about talking about where we are currently in our seasons of life. So in one word, can you describe where you are spiritually? You can be honest, professionally. And mentally, okay, let's see. Uh, spiritually, I would say growth. I think I, I'm starting to understand like the closer I think that I kind of get to him, mm-hmm. the bigger he is, the more the questions better. I have. Yeah, well, so just just growing, girl. Just he's just peeling those layers away, right? You know what I mean? So, professionally, I would say. Intentionality. So I'm just trying to be intentional in my profession right now. Mm -hmm. I'm studying for an exam right now. So in engineering, you have to take two exams in order to get your license. Mm-hmm. To be a professional engineer. So I'm currently studying for my first exam um, to knock that out of the way. So I'm trying to be really intentional. I'm starting to, you know, get better with that time management girl, okay. you know, so I can just study and knock this exam um, out of the park so I can move on to the next. Yeah. So that's kind of where I am professionally and mentally. I would say I just I'm trying to be more disciplined mentally. I think it kind of goes hand in hand with what I'm trying to do professionally. I, I think I have to be disciplined because I think if you think about like everything that you have to do, sometimes you can begin to like worry and anxiety and all that takes up. Mm -hmm. You know, time and gets absolutely nothing done. So I'm just trying to be disciplined with like having, you know, like positive thoughts, reminding myself of who I am and who he's called me to be and just keep it moving, girl, instead of just trying to worry about things I can't control anyway. Listen, (laughs) that does take up time. Like sure. the time you could the three hours you could have spent like or even like when you're sleeping like when I go to sleep like I have to like make a mental like I have to make myself like stop thinking <laughs> yep. because I'll been you know, a work myself up and next thing I know is three hours two hours three hours later than what I'm supposed to be now that affects the rest of my day the rest of my week and it's like last year um was my work for the year was a year of discipline yeah. and I feel like it was more like inner and mental discipline more so. Yeah. Than it was like outer discipline because your thoughts take up time. So I get that. Do. I they get that do. completely. Yeah. So of course, we're praying for the best on your exam. Oh, thank um, you. Thank super you so ex- <laughs> super <laughs> excited for that. Um, yeah, i okay. the prayers. Thanks. Yes. <laughs> so when you said that you were growing spiritually, most times like people like growth, but I have found that sometimes like growing spiritually is not always the most pleasurable. So what does like growing spiritually or peeling back those layers look like for you? Wow. Okay. So I think a lot of times for me, it's conviction. Now, especially in the the culture we kind of live in, it's very difficult for people to, I guess, accept criticism Mm -hmm. or to stay true to convictions because there's not necessarily a relationship first so i think it's 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 just like anybody else if You know, if I'm talking to Joe Blow on the street and he tells me that you know my hair looks awful, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? I'd be like, "Oh my gosh, you're judging me." But Mel, if you was to tell me, girl, you know you might want to slick the edges back a little bit. (laughs) You know, my feelings might be like a little hurt, but I know you want the best for me because we have a relationship. So I think. Growth looks like conviction. Um, him correcting me, telling me to sit down sometimes, mm-hmm. or you know that I didn't do that right or I didn't say that right, and sometimes it hurts, but I think it helps, and I'm more accept, like receptive to it because I've spent time with him and we've had like an actual relationship. So, like you said, growth is not um, always pretty or enjoyable. Mm-hmm. It can it can feel a little rough at times, but I would say that's what growth looks like to me. And then also being vulnerable, um, Mm -hmm. talking to him about, you know, things or insecurities Mm -hmm. that nobody really likes to talk about. But I think that's that's growth as well, um, because to be honest, that's the only person who can really comfort you or mm-hmm. give you the answers that you're really looking for, so I might as well tell him how I'm feeling anyway. He already knows, but already it's knows, different from, from when know. somebody tells you, you know, like I may already know you're dealing with this, but when you like talk to me, it builds the relationship more. so I would say that's what growth kind of looks like to me spiritually. I feel it. I feel we are here. Like I am, <laughs> like I am going through that same thing of where, like, when you talk about like conviction, like it's not something that I want because it's like, I mean, I'm I'm reading the word, I'm trying to pray, and so when you start talking about other stuff, it's like, wait a minute, like, <laughs> right? Let's just stick to here. Let's just right this chapter and verse, please. Right? I mean, and it's not to say that I don't have a relationship with God, but it's like, okay. Once it starts to become comfortable, once you start to feel like you're doing a, like a decent job or you're, you know, you're where you are, it's like he starts like, okay, now I need you to cut this out or right. I need you to stop doing this. And it's like, whoa, 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 right. you whoa. Know? And I really like what you said. I feel like that just helped me about what you said about it's hard to have conviction without, or it's hard to, I guess, like stand to your convictions when you don't have a relationship. Yeah. Because sometimes I will pout and I'll be like, I'm not trying to do that. So let me just kind of distance myself. Yep. Those convictions don't stop. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And it's like, when it comes to the relationship part, one thing that I am trying to work on is even when I'm convicted about something that I don't want to do or that, I'm supposed to be doing that. I'm not doing. Then, like bring even bringing that to him and being like, Mm -hmm. God, I really am not trying to go. I'm not feeling it. Yeah, I'm not feeling this right (laughs) now. You know, like I just I wanted to still live my life. And even Mm -hmm. and even sometimes it's it's hard not to compare yourselves when you see some some people that are in the faith that love God that do what they whatever they want to do and. You know, they sometimes seem blessed and then I'm over here, you know, sometimes with unanswered prayers and you asking me to do more. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I'm right. be honest. And so mm-hmm. I really like how you said like 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 how you have to kind of put together the relationship and conviction, you know. I love that. I love yeah, that. Yeah, that's that's that is true trust because I have to be able to trust that you have my best interest in mind. Otherwise, I'm not gonna wanna do it, okay? So that's where, yeah, I think it's so hard to any to have any kind of progress or, or growth without relationship. And I mean, we see that in like human relationship all the time. And I think one of the issues is that we always treat him differently. Like mm-hmm. he's just kind of out in the clouds. Yeah. He's not close by. He's not a real person. And so if I know that in any other relationship that I have and you're telling me something like I'm just going to have to trust that you have my best interest in mind, you know, I have to do I have to treat him the same way. Yeah, that's so good. Ooh, we could stop this whole podcast right there. Okay. That's good. All right. So let's move. Sorry. I, uh, that helped me. So I had to stop right there for a minute. Okay. So next question. So I was reading or watching, not watching, listening to a podcast, Sarah Jakes Roberts, her woman evolve podcast. And I love her. Love her. Love that podcast. Woman Evolve is you got to listen to it. But this last episode, she was doing a Q&A. Someone was asking her, like, how do you find your purpose? And I really like what she said, because she was like, you don't, Like she she was like, I never went on a journey to find my purpose. Like I went on a journey to help people and in the process of helping people, purpose found me. And that's so good because I feel like even for myself, like when I was like really in this crossroads doing the life how I knew to do it and I was just hitting rock bottom and God really took it on my heart you know, I would, my whole thing with him was that I don't have a purpose like outside of the life that I had before. Yeah. And he was like, no, I do have a purpose for you. And your purpose is to help people. And he, he kind of laid it out somewhat, but it wasn't until I actually like started helping and started serving that things actually started to be revealed to me. So I say all that to say that sometimes we find our purpose by serving someone's larger purpose, because especially like in millennial in our generation, we want to start our own thing. We want to do our own business, our own Nonprofit, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I think that there's something um, of value when you submit to someone else's vision, you know? And so um, I say that because Danielle works with an amazing college student ministry called Ransom. And That was kind of the reason why I wanted to bring her on here. So I want you, Danielle, to talk a little bit about the ministry. Tell us a little bit about what it is, what you do, and then tell us kind of how serving that ministry has helped you when it comes to walking in your purpose. Okay. So I... I am serving in a ministry called Ransom, and I'm so excited. I really love this ministry. Uh, We're currently on five campuses in the southeast, and we have Campbell University, that's at North Carolina. We have Murray State, that's in Kentucky, and then the other four campuses are in the great state of Alabama. We have USA, that's South Alabama, Sanford UAB, and then our newest campus is our first HBCU Alabama State University. I'm so excited. So basically, in a nutshell, Ransom's ultimate goal is just to bring Jesus to college campuses. It's just a, a group of radical, beautiful students who are in love with the Lord. And I really enjoy... I really enjoy Ransom because it's not necessarily a Bible study, it's not church, it's just really a group of believers that are young and who love the Lord. So it's, it's really, really enjoyable and my role is just kind of um, mentorship, I guess, if you will. I'm technically a part of Ransom alumni. So although I did go through Ransom in college, I was introduced to Ransom after I graduated. So I just kind of was automatically in Ransom alumni. And all I really do, I'm just there to make sure everybody is good. That's all I really do. It, it's taught me that I have something to share. Yeah, I I typically am just kind of reserved, just naturally. I'm pretty chill. But I think that it's really showed me I, I I think through ransom the Lord has showed me that I have something to offer and which is beautiful. So I'm really learning how to open my mouth, share whatever I have, not being as reserved and yeah, actually valuing who I am and what I have and giving it to other other people. So it's really been a blessing to me. So, okay. So first you said that the, you said that ransom is a, is a bunch of like radical believers who are college students. So how do y'all get the college students into ransom? Do they come like already saved? Do y'all do outreach? Like how do people come to ransom? Okay. So it's a very simple model. So typically It's a group of students that we have already had some type of relationship with outside of ransom. And all they do is pass out flyers on campus. That's all they do. They typically, they do it like any other organization, they pass out flyers. But the difference is, is that we're not just passing out a piece of paper to students. We're talking to them. We're asking them how they're doing. We're telling them to come to ransom. And typically, a lot of times, we don't even really tell them that it's a Bible study. There's not necessarily on anything on there that screams Jesus or what have you. It's just because we truly believe once you step in the room... Mm-hmm. Like you'll be able to to see how much of a family we are. I think a lot of people are attracted to Ransom because of the family atmosphere. We're really, really big on community because we, we're not interested in just getting numbers up. Like we, we're interested in the actual like student, like what they have going on, because they have so much going on um, in their lives that we just don't know about. And I think that's what really draws them to the ministry. Yeah, that's so good. The reason why I asked that was because, so so I haven't like shared my full story, but let's just say, so let's back up. In college, you know, I was living my best life. okay. but, you know, I was living my best life. I was a little reckless at times, but like there were moments where God tried to intervene. Mm-hmm. Um, there mm-hmm. were times where God tried to like grit my heart and granted my heart was not, was not ready. I wasn't ready for, for no type of nothing, but I was make sure that I was still still showing up at church on Sunday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll be honest, sometimes be a little, little turnt, you know, but, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Yes, but is. there were, and there were times where, there were times where I can honestly say that God tried to, grit me or God tried to intervene. And I don't know if that was because he saw the path that I was going to eventually go on. If I didn't, you know, I don't know. But what I will say is that the difference kind of between being in college and just kind of doing my own thing, but still trying to like go through the motions as far as go through church or be in somebody's Bible study, even though my life looked absolutely polar opposite of that, um, versus coming out of college and going to church and, start, and being a part of a church that has a young adult ministry. I think the big difference in that was the community, because I would say that like it was never the sermons that really like I would get convicted by the sermons, but it never changed anything. Yeah. I would, you know, of course, read my Bible or listen to sermons. It would never change anything. But the one thing that was different was the community aspect. And that yeah. to me was what actually moved my change because I would be around people and do life with people that knew more about God than me, who you know checked on me, like if yeah, <laughs> and and it was just that safe space of where I could be honest and where I could uh, be allowed to grow, you know, safe. right, right. And that's what made the difference, um, more so than any sermon or any you know verse that could have helped me and so i'm okay. always really really big on on community and i feel like that's that's one thing that i really like about ransom is that they have that family and community aspect because to me that changes that change that really changes the game you know it does yeah. yeah it does i i and that's just that's a that's a new truth for me too girl when i got out of college i towards the end of my college career when i really start growing in the lord i attached myself to some believers down there. So when I was coming back to Birmingham, girl, I was terrified. I was like, oh, no, Mm -hmm. because my crew's not coming to Birmingham with me. Mm So, you know, I need... I need something. I need that community. So I'm really glad that one of my friends reached out to me and was like, oh, you know, you can be a part of Ransom and stuff like that because I gained a family. I feel like I learned a lot about my purpose and a lot about me. But I also gained a family, like you said, about how living life with. And I don't I think that that's something that I'm really praying the body of Christ starts to embody more is community. Like you need people to live life with you. Like it just can't be on a Sunday or Wednesday, it needs to be somebody you can hit up and be like, girl, I'm struggling. Mm-hmm. Or I want to go out or I want to do this and X, Y, and Z, like somebody you can actually talk to and, and live life with. And then you had said that through ransom that your voice mattered or that like God gave you a voice to share with other people, uh, which I think is very profound because people do I think a lot of times when when it comes to like our voice matters, like sometimes we think that that has to be on a platform or, you know, on some type of large scale. But I would argue that sometimes the the biggest impact that you make is through the people that are around you. And so I think that that's really good that you have that space where you have that one on one with people, you know. Yeah. So that's good. We talked a little bit about this. So but I do want to dig a little deeper today. You're in Ransom. You're serving the ministry you're mentoring college students, but there was a walk, just like everyone has, a walk to get you there today. So kind of walk us through a little bit or however much you want to share um, about your faith journey and how you got to where you are today spiritually. To be completely honest, I think, and this kind of goes into what I was talking about earlier, about thinking that our voice matters. And I think it's because I bought, into the lie of what a testimony is. And so I felt like since my story didn't sound like everyone else's, that it didn't need to be heard. Mm. And so I I realized that the way I grew up for some people is, is an anomaly. Like it's, it's just not realistic and things like that. But my parents, since I was little have always been in the word. And so when when I grew up, I, I I grew up with, I mean, going to church and all that kind of stuff, but I also grew up like learning the word of God. Like that was a part of my thing. Like I would come home from school, I would do my homework, my dad would check my homework and then we would get in the word. Like that was actually a real thing for me. And I think that because I didn't see my peers going through that, I didn't really want to project that when I was in school, when I was growing up in, in elementary school, like nobody else is talking about that. Everybody else is, you know what I'm saying? I'm talking about the, the new J's coming out or, you know, what have you. But looking back now, I can see how important it would have been, you know, for people to know that I had whatever knowledge at the age of X, Y, and Z about the word, because even 10 are going through stuff. We don't know what people are going through at home. And so for me to be, you know, taught that and learning confessions and stuff like that at a young age, I mean, girl, I was speaking over my school, You know what I'm saying? About like about it being peace in my schools and, you know, that my teachers have a great day and that the students and teachers get along and all this other kind of stuff. And yet when I walked into the school building, my mouth would be closed. You know what I mean? So so I got into high school. I kind of I was still good, but I kind of fell off as far as confessing the word is concerned or doing my own thing, um, in the word and quiet times and stuff like that kind of fell off because, you know, I'm starting to get a little bit more independence and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more routine to me. Um, and so when I got to college, girl, you talking about smacked in the face. Okay. Like in college, I think I, well, I know that's when my eyes were open to, i had quote unquote spiritual independence if that makes sense like i i can't baby i can't like lean off my parents anymore and I think in college we we learn that in general it's like dang I'm out here by myself right but I think that's what I learned spiritually like I'm out here, there by myself and I think I realized oh man you know me and God ain't really what I thought we were because a lot <laughs> of that was mama praying over me and stuff like that okay yeah. we really ain't you know saying what I'm as it's, it's cool as I thought we were so I would say when I got to college, you know, I really I lived it up. I still wasn't like really crazy, but I did a whole bunch of stuff that I knew I wasn't supposed to do. You know, I was living my life, you know, trying to fit in once again. Right. And I think towards the end of my college career, I really got back in his face again because I was like, okay, listen, I tried all this stuff. It didn't really work. It was fun for the Mm moments. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, I really know what it is. Like, I can't act like I don't really know what it is. Yeah. So I started getting... back serious in the Lord, I would say my junior year. So I graduated in five years. So I would say my junior year, I kind of started getting back in the word on my own, like outside of church. I always went to church every Sunday. That didn't change throughout my college career, but I actually started trying to get in the word myself. And just kind of like what we talked about earlier, as soon as I kind of became disciplined and getting the word of myself, he brought me a community. So it was only a few of us, but I held on to my two or three, you know, (laughs) as much as I could. So that was that was the beginning of that Um, being involved with Ransom pushed me a little further because it was like I had all of this knowledge, but I wasn't sharing. So I feel like it was stunning my growth. I almost felt like I was kind of at a plateau. Like I didn't feel like I was growing spiritually. I just feel like anything was sticking anymore. But I just felt I I was really like a pipe clogged up because I wasn't sharing anything. And it's like I didn't just give this if you know, I'm not just giving all this to you for you. Like, you need to share it with other people. So I think that Ransom took me to a, another level because I then began to share not just the word, but experiences that I had about college yeah. uh, and, and how college works and how professors work, how studying works and, and stuff like that. So, girl, that's me in a nutshell. I know that was long-winded, but... Wow, that was good. Well, thank you for sharing that. I have so many questions. <laughs> so question that I was gonna ask that you mentioned is you you talked about how you would like confess the word of God. And so what do you mean by that? A lot of us may not know like exactly what that means. And I think especially today, a a lot of what we're missing sometimes is like using the word of God to um actually direct our lives instead of just yeah. reading it to check off a box. So what does that mean as far as confessing the word of God to you? So one one way that I that helps me kind of understand is that we are image bearers, right? So we were like made in the image of God. And one of the things that he did, he does, and he did was he kind of spoke things into existence. And, And I don't think sometimes we realize how important our words are, Um, and how they shape who we are and how they also shape the decisions that we make. They also shape our environment. Typically, a, a perfect example is, you know, if you're afraid of something, I used to be terrified of dogs, girl. That was just my thing. I didn't want them things barking around me. I could not stand dogs. Okay. So as a little girl, I'm terrified of dogs and As simple as it may have been, you know, my dad will always be like, you know, God hasn't given you the spirit of fear, Danny. You know, Mm -hmm. so when you're afraid of dogs, you need to um, think about what the Lord said. He didn't give you a spirit of fear type of ordeal. So every time I saw a dog while I'm crying and hollering, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, you know, I'm I'm trying (laughs) to get it out (laughs) because I'm terrified. Yeah. But years after years of speaking like the scriptures over my life and stuff like that, girl, I would love to have a dog. Okay. I love dogs. Mm. And so I don't think that that's a coincidence or me outgrowing a fear. I think it's because I spoke what I wanted and I also spoke the word and I agree with the word. And so it's basically just speaking, um, the word over your life or what he said about you or what he said about your circumstances and your situation, because there's, I believe that there's a difference between truth and fact. So the fact of the matter is I'm afraid of this dog. Yeah. But the truth is that I that fear doesn't have any place in my life because God didn't give it to me. That's the truth. And so I have to speak more to the truth than the actual fact, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. I'm hoping I'm, I'm making sense. No, you are. That's good. So- God, God speaks very, I feel like I hear God's voice. Like I, can, like I can hear him in my work when he reminds me to do something that I originally forgot to do. Or like I can hear him in my thoughts and different things like that. But one thing that I've like been convicted on is like making sure that I stay in the word of God. And so for me, that looks like, um, you know, reading the Bible in a year. But I feel like you just challenged me that like it's not even enough to read it or study it to have that knowledge um, because of course we want to know who God is and we learn right. who his character is through the word of God. Right. Um, we, we use it as a manual for our lives, but I've never even done consistently as far as speaking the word of God, like over my life, over different situations. Like I pray it. It's like when I pray, like I try to make sure that I pray along, along the lines of the, of the word of God. So like if I'm if I'm asking for something that's not in the word of God, then it's like, okay, should I really be praying for this? Like I get that part but i feel like speaking it to me is something even like a step further you know until mm-hmm. essentially cuz what you're saying is you speak it until like however you feel or whatever fear you have comes into alignment with the word of god right exactly yeah yeah so it's just it's just putting actions to faith the the overall goal i f- well one of the overall goals of The Christian faith is to renew your mind. That's all you're doing. It's just a part of Mm. trying to change your belief system. So when we get here, when we come into this world, there is a belief system already set out there for us. And I don't know all the factors of, you know, what goes into beliefs, but I know like a lot of them is family, environment, entertainment, education, all of those build our belief system period. Mm -hmm. Right. And so when we are saved, when we, when we accept Jesus Christ, the only thing he's doing is changing our belief system. So he gives us a new environment. He gives us new education. Like he's changing our family dynamic, you know, spiritually, he changes our community. All he's doing is trying to change our belief system. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's so important for us to be in the word, meditate on it day and night. Cause all we're trying to do is change from a false belief system to the truth. Like that's, that's really ultimately in none, in a nutshell, what it is. So us being in the word and, and, and studying and stuff like that is so important, but it's also like applying it and confessing it over our lives because, you know, for so many years, girl, we, we've been saying the wrong thing. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And those are, some seeds that we have kind of sown. And so you you speak in the word and and, um, agreeing with what it says about your life is just planting new seeds. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So the last part, I'm going to go to the next question, but another part that you said was that Oh, I hope I say it right. Okay. So what you said was that when it comes to you, that sometimes we have a responsibility to share what we know. And that sometimes you found that you were stagnant because you were taking in all this knowledge, but you weren't sharing it with anybody and you felt stuck. And let me tell you that I could have closed this whole podcast because that just gripped me. (laughs) That just gripped me so much. I almost shut my computer. I'm like, okay, we're done here. Um, (laughs) Stay out my business. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> but that is so, so good, especially for our generation and for myself, because we do take in all this knowledge with social media, with everything else. We're consuming all of this information. But what are we actually doing with what we're consuming? It's true, Mel. It's so and true. a lot of times we don't share what we know because we don't want the responsibility that comes with that. That's Come on, what- now. That's me. I don't know about nobody else, but that's me. I don't want if the responsibility. Don't, uh-uh, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but that is so good. That it, I we ain't having no homework for this episode. But if you don't do nothing else, I want you to ask yourself: What are you doing with what you know? Are you sharing it? Are you afraid to share it because you don't want the responsibility? That is a whole sermon. That's okay. a whole word right there. A whole, a whole word. word. I like I told you. I um. I think it was it was like February. I had just like I was like in love with the Lord. I feel like we were in a great place, but I just felt so blah. Like I was like, we're I'm good. I feel like we've I've been in the word. I'm growing. He's revealing himself to me like I I can see growth in myself if I was to look back. Mm -hmm. But I felt stagnant. I had realized there was so much more to him. Mm hmm but it was like, I couldn't, I'm like, wait, like, I know there's more to you, but why, why don't I hear your voice teaching yeah. me new things? Like, I, I felt like I, he was teaching me stuff and now it's like, I can't, you're not teaching me anything new. Like, yeah, you know, like I don't feel like I'm growing anymore. And I was just telling him that like, Hey, I want to go to another level on you. I don't know what I've done. Cause I know it's probably me. I'm sure I've done something. I don't know, but like, you know, like show me more of you, and literally, like in two weeks, I had three girls, and they were like, "Hey, I really want you to be my mentor." And mm-hmm. you know, in my head, I'm like, "Hello, this is. I, excuse me, I asked for more of you. I didn't ask for <laughs> you more know what I'm saying. Responsibility. More responsibility, but after." After doing that, I re- I realized he's not wasteful with information. Mm-hmm. Like there's no use of me giving you more if you're not doing what you need to do with what I've given you. You know, you're not sharing what I've told you you don't you don't need anymore. Like until you start working on what you already learned, fam. they're not going to move you up to another grade. You know what I mean? Like it's no use to me giving you more. You're not using what you got. So I, I feel like I learned that. And then also with responsibility, I really didn't know on this side. But with responsibility, you also see the Lord in a different light. When I first began to really growing him. I was in awe and I'm and I'm in love with him as a father. Like how he mm-hmm. treats us, how he loves us, how he doesn't hold any good thing, you know, from us like but when I gained responsibility, I began to see him through his eyes. So with me having mentors I mean, mentees, it kind of is showing me like, oh my gosh, what I want to do for them. And it shows me how the father feels about me from the other perspective of like, yeah. oh, this is why he does this for me. Or this is why, you know, he wants to take care of me in this way. Or this is why he hid this for me because now I can kind of, It's kinda, I'm sure it's kind of how parents feel after they have children. I feel like they can see the Lord in a completely different light. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, I think before I was able to see him in in, in one aspect, but I think now having like people that I kind of pour into on on a regular basis, I think that I'm able to see him from a whole another side girl. And I'm sure there's five more sides to him. You know what I mean? But This this side is something that's very new to me. And I I don't think I would have been able to see this part of the Lord if I had not. Girl, just started, you know, opening my mouth and just sharing, you know, the little info that I do have. Yeah, man, I got to go. I got (laughs) to (laughs) go. You literally said, what is the point in God giving us more if we are not going to do anything with it? What is the point? I mean, because we don't do that. You know what I'm saying? If somebody not giving, if if we telling somebody something and they doing something else, it's like, okay, well, it's no use in me telling you anything else. You know what I mean? Yes. Wow. That's good. That was good to me. So that's how you work with (laughs) Ransom You and your faith journey. I forgot what (laughs) the other question was, honestly. But okay, so going back to Ransom, you work with college students. And- I think a lot of times, you know, we want to help millennials, you know, or millennials mm-hmm. want to help millennials. And even sometimes I, I'm guilty of this. like you know, I want to help us, you know, our our age bracket. But millennials are getting older and <laughs> we got a whole nother um, generation that is coming up behind us. I was inspired by seeing all that you're doing with ransom because. That is exactly what I, what I needed in college. Like I would have, Mm -hmm. I would, it would have avoided me so much heartbreak. Some of the worst decisions that I've made that I've had to take years to overcome and and overcome the shame that's been, that's been attributed to those decisions, Mm -hmm. um, But most of those were were made in that either college to right after post-grad window. And if I would have had something, I can't say if if I would have had, because like I said, my heart, mind went nowhere near that. But I I can see why it is so, so crucial to grip and to mentor people in that age, because it does play such a big role. And I'm not going to go in my soapbox, but it plays such a big role because instead of having to play catch up, Like I felt like I had to do for a couple of years to try to get myself back on track. You know, you can really set those those kids, you know, or young adults up for success. And so um, I want to make sure that we are doing our due diligence to help those, you know, to help our little brothers and sisters. And so can you tell us, since you do work with that age group, you know, I know what our struggles were when, when we were in college. But what are some of their struggles now? And what would you say is the difference between what we went through in college and what they are currently going through in college? Um, I would say I I feel like the the battle is still the same. Mm-hmm. One of the especially being young adults, I think one way that we can help them is is to get ourselves together. Mm-hmm. With that being said, I will also say just having um relationships with them. I know that um just talking to a few of them, they just don't feel like they're ready for the real world because they talk about I don't know anything about taxes, like how is how is a job really like we we know nine to five but how is this industry like if you find somebody who's in your industry like how does this really look for us or even more specifically how does it look for me if I'm a minority and things like that so I think we can help just by sharing knowledge Um, but I I really feel like all they want to do is kind of how I feel like we were you just want to be heard I think stuff starts with communication and having conversations, I mean, we keep talk- talking about this, but I, I think it just goes back to community. Like they they need somebody that they can just talk to. I know for our generation, I think we're kind of towards the the end of the generations where you just as a child, you just kind of do what you're told because I said so. There's not much explanation. There's no conversations about it. And now we're moving to a generation where they don't even talk to their parents. Mm. So there has to be a happy medium to where I'm giving you instruction, but I'm also telling you why I'm giving you this instruction. Yeah. Um, And so I think that is really what they need. They need someone to tell them that they're doing right. They need somebody to tell them when they're doing wrong and explain why. Now, whether they agree with you or not, I think that comes with maturity and things like that. But just somebody talking to them in general is so very important because the way that technology and social media is right now, they don't know how to communicate. There's, there's a really difficult realm that they're in because social media has kind of taken on a life of its own, and that is where they feel safe to release their voice. Mm-hmm. But if you're having a normal conversation with them, they don't know how to release it in the manners that would actually get something done, Mm-hmm. If, if they have a valid point where social media is just a way for me to freely express myself with somewhat no consequences. Yeah. Whereas in the real world, there are consequences to what you do and say. Yeah. So I think just having conversations with them talking to them saying what's right and wrong and helping them with their communication skills it's probably one of the best things that uh, we can probably do with them because in actuality everybody wants to be heard everybody at least wants to know that someone heard their point but I think that we have to challenge them to actually have conversations about it and and be able to conduct um Full conversations about it and not just uh, snippets of here and there. It's just building a bridge of being able to talk to them because we're a little older. They're going to listen, but also being able to hear them out as well. Yeah, that's good. You know, no shade to anybody else. But I think that we are we are so intelligent and more so because of technology and the way that we're able to learn things so, so swiftly these days, which is really beautiful. Mm-hmm. So lack of intelligence is not the question. It's bringing the conversation that we're having on social media, which is really, really good, but bringing it into real life so that we can actually see the change that we want instead of just, you know, <laughs> holling on Instagram or, or yeah. Facebook or whatever. Yeah, that's good and that goes back to what are you doing with what you know? That's the mm-hmm. title this whole podcast. <laughs> what are you doing with what you know? For real. That's good. Okay. So um, I don't even know what time we are at at this point, but um, I do want to close out this um, this episode with the question that we ask everyone else. So Danielle, you are doing amazing things in the real world. You are Thank sharing you. what you know. You are making a change in this world um, through your mentorship and we appreciate you convicting us (laughs) challenging us to do better in the real world um and so i really love that so one last question that i have is that you're in the okay so you're in this season where you're mentoring you're working on your exam you are you know growing spiritually what would you say are your like maybe what is there what are the goals that you want to meet maybe within this year maybe things that you want to see within the next decade Um, so what's next if you know, it's okay if you know. Oh man, what is next? So this year, one of my goals for sure, I definitely want to pass this FE exam. Yeah. So that's one of my goals uh, professionally. Um, I want to continue to see Ransom grow. Hopefully we get a couple more campuses you know, this year. That would be great. That would be amazing. This year, I want to start building some of my hobbies. So I, I, like I said before, I'm really in love with the arts. And so I just kind of want to start doing something in it. Girl, I have no no idea what I want to do, Mm -hmm. but I want to start building some of my hobbies. I don't think that I will really know where it could go Mm -hmm. or you know, how enjoyable it will be if I don't do anything. So I used to kind of write a lot. I used to do some skits and stuff like that, but I stopped a, a while ago, girl. So I'm trying to get back on it, you know, do things that I enjoy um, and not wait on everybody else. Cause I ain't got time to be waiting on y'all. Yo, you know, if I want to go, to a musical i'ma go by myself me myself and i you know what i mean so i think that's one of the things i'm excited about is just starting to do something some things that i really enjoy and um building on some of my hobbies that's good yay i'm here for it okay so danielle tell us where we can find you on social media maybe tell us like if Maybe if we want to get involved in Ransom, whether that's like, you know, supporting them or, you know, seeing how we can best support Ransom, um, kind of give us those links and social media, all that stuff so we can follow and continue to support. OK, yes. Yeah. So I would say the, the first thing that you would want to do is go to our Instagram page. At ransom underscore you, that's R A N S O M underscore you. And my personal page is Yogi Bear 27. So that's Y O G I underscore B E A R 27. And you guys can also go to our website. It's ransomyouonline.org. Well, that will conclude today's episode. Um, So again, thank you, Danielle, for being with us. Thank you for all of your knowledge. I mean, this this was a game changer. This is a game changer episode because you really challenged us. Yes, because I always... I always say with my rough draft, we embrace where we are. But at some point, you got to start doing the edits. You got to start, you know, doing the work. And so you have really challenged us to start to really. And if we've already been doing the work to really take that to another level. So your voice matters child. It matters. And I just pray that God will continue to use you in whatever sphere he has for you, which I think will be a very big sphere. But anyway, okay. All right. So we're leaving for real this time. Okay. So thank you. um, And I will see y'all next week. Bye. Thanks for joining us this week on my rough draft podcast. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at underscore Melanie Christina and be sure to subscribe to this show so you don't miss any new episodes. Now, do me a favor and please leave us a five star rating and review so we can continue to get the word out to other listeners around the world. Also, be sure to head to the rough draft where you can access our online blog, free resources, our one on one services and more. Thanks again for listening. And I'll see y'all next week. Bye.